Uh, hello, everyone. It's your old friends at Money Madness, and welcome to another episode of the That Was Liquid Football podcast. Woo! Woo, indeed. Uh, I am joined uh, this week by uh, Neil. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Burtbot and Kira have uh, got more important things to do at the moment. So, uh, Like drugs. Uh, drugs, mostly, yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't really want to say it, but, you know, it's, uh, this is the way it goes sometimes. But, um, but yes, Neil, we are currently... Um, Unfortunately, in another interlull, I'm not sure how there's an interlull, but there is. Yes. Um, they've, they've, they've insisted on it, apparently. L- like another wave of lockdowns, an inter- interlull has brought football to its knees. <laughs> uh, and I reckon although, in all fairness, though, the recent internationals have thrown up some fairly hilarious and interesting things. So hmm. ah, I might actually watch a bit of international football, but I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> In fa- yeah, in fairness, like there have been some interesting things. Um, I think we might as well start with that then because we have absolutely no itinerary for this fucking episode whatsoever. <laughs> I think we'll just do a kind of rundown and see what the state of the, the, the Premier League is coming into the final. Because this is the final interlull, isn't it? And this is the final interlull. Yeah. Sorry. Exactly. Um, so I think mean, we're now into the home straight, baby. So um, yeah, I think yeah. we'll get through laughing at a few people. Uh, over the internationals, uh, <laughs> one group in particular. Get that out and, of our system, yeah. Yeah, get fair. that out of our system. And then we'll just, yeah, just go into the, just put the foot down and see what happens. Let's see what happens, absolutely. Well, if we are going to, like, if, the, if the, the pattern for this episode is laughing at people, shall we just start laughing at Italy then? Yes, uh, we shall. Yes, we shall. Recently. Yeah. Um, Crashing out to German conquerors, uh, North Macedonia. North Macedonia. The Macedonians are back, lads. It's like, it's like fucking Alexander the Great all over again. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. They're just running around conquering every motherfucker. <laughs> 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 to be fair, like, it was always going to happen, lads. It was just always going to happen. We just didn't We just didn't want to say it to ourselves, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, like it, it, in a way, like it, it wasn't really going to go, ever going to go well with Italy because the way their, the qualification thing works out, they were going to face the winner of Portugal versus Turkey. So either way, someone out of Portugal or Italy was going to lose out on the World Cup, which is, in hindsight, a very strange way of doing the playoffs. But UEFA make arbitrary rules like this all the time, and no one bats an eyelid, so why should we? Um, but yeah, um, losing to Macedonia with a, in the 92nd minute was not on the cards. Um, and is the second World Cup in a row that they've missed. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I posted up some mad stat that I saw there that the last time they played in a World Cup, Ricky Lambert was also playing in it. <laughs> that's oh, that, that's like hearing that, like, oh yeah, the last time they played in the World Cup, like they were all brought there on horse-drawn carriages, and <laughs> you know, the dinosaurs had to be cleared off the pitch before every game. You know, yeah, that's it. Like it's it's such a weird one because like they're they're that team is in like such a different place compared to the last time they failed to qualify for the World Cup. Like in 2018, you'd say that that team were in dire straits. Like if you're putting all of your hopes and dreams in Simone Zaza, look, it's not gonna go well, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> but like this is a this is a better team, it's a younger, hungrier team with a very good manager, and yet they still manage to fuck it up. It's bizarre. It's it's so strange. Um, like I'm even trying to like uh, recall what group they have for the playoffs, and they finished um, second to Switzerland. I want to say, 
Yeah, Switzerland. Switzerland, did, Switzerland did. are a yeah. solid enough fucking team. Like that's pretty. They're good incredibly team, solid. Yeah. That's the thing. They're they're yeah. they're more solid than a lot of teams in Europe. And yeah, with like such a small catchment, but that's the way it is. Like so, uh, yeah, it's just a, a just a strange, strange way of um of failing to qualify in a sense because by all accounts, like this Macedonian match was meant to be a bit of a walkover, and then they have to focus on the Portugal game. But it just goes to show you. You can't do shit like that, especially in international football. You you have to treat every game properly, you know. And they didn't. Quite Absolutely. Frankly. You know. Furthermore, with the laughing, um, hmm. somebody else who was laughing is Gareth Bale, and he is laughing at uh-huh. uh, he's laughing at a team paying him thirty million quid a year, <laughs> or will be for the next three months. Um, yes. And he has been laughing at them for quite a while. Now I'll have to admit. I think. Look, hmm. we could just we could just kind of all go on to the go on record and just say that Gareth Bale does not give a fuck about Real Madrid and no. hasn't for about a year. He has been phoning it in spectacularly. And I actually kind of respect that in a way. Yeah, the fact that he always <laughs> comes, he just gets injured coming up to the fucking uh, qualifiers for Wales or any international games and then just recovers. Like he yes. was out with a like when you when you say you can't play for your club because you're out with a back injury and then you smack mm. in a fucking free kick like he did for Wales and then does a monstrous fucking Klinsman slide down the fucking pitch. <laughs> and you're like, dude. Like, I, I'm a big fan of blunt comedy, but that's that that's up belt. Like, mm. now I've no big love for fucking Real Madrid. Now you know, to be honest, with you, anybody getting one over to the, getting one over on them, especially to the tune of thirty fucking million quid a year, that boils the piss of the guys at El Chiringuito. I was literally um, just about <clears> to bring them up because I want to bring up the captions. Oh of their thing. man, they're fucking they're fucking misery of them because oh, he's having a better time for his country than his club. Get I am, fucking over yourselves. I am, yeah, but he's not playing for his club. That's the thing; he's refusing yeah. to fucking play for them. Like the fucking the 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 market magazine that they actually showed him at the the post match interview. Yeah, um, where they superimpose his head onto a, a like a, a para, like a I think it's a mosquito on the Real crest sucking the blood mm. out of it <laughs> and it's just fucking or is he a flea in it fuck it he's some kind of blood sucking parasite and the whole fucking like, uh, parasite yeah, yeah. Like the Welsh parasite they call and, it yeah so like, it's just hilarious like mm. oh it was just I was looking at it going this is fucking brilliant this is box office shit like you know yeah you're just, all you're expecting is somebody to like somebody's half brother to come out of a coma and actually be the love child or something shit like that. Like there's no, <laughs> it's the only way this gets any more soap opera. It's fantastic, you know. Oh, yeah, and JFK. I was in the shower. Did I miss anything? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, but they only have to put up with him for another three months, and then he's he's fucking he's done. He's, and I reckon that's that. Into the wild. I reckon that's bail done with football as well, to be perfectly honest. He's 32. He's got more money than fucking Croesus. Yeah. I reckon he's fucking done. Like, you know, he's not going to go to another club and mm. get paid like a tenth of mm. what he's, he's on at now. Like, it's... Yeah, I guess so. Like, I mean, the way I look at it is like, now, funny you mentioned Garrett Bale because he came up, came out with a, like a statement thing there about like basically market like being so petty to call him a parasite. But mm. my favorite thing about the statement is that it starts off with the Daily Mail shining a light on this piece of slanderous derogatory inspected journalism by Marca. 
framed as if like, wow, even the Daily Mail think you're being dickheads. And they hate everyone that isn't white. Yeah, that's like getting a bollocking off Charles Manson for putting down slug pellets. (laughs) Jeffrey Epstein's going, mate, chill the fuck out, all right? Hands off, okay? I'm glad I'm not not in this firing line. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Fuck me, like, it's mad. And like, it's it's so strange because... uh, I wouldn't say it's strange. It's actually hilarious. But the fact that, like, they're so... Like, you, you mentioned El uh, Intergrito there, and it's just like... Uh, like the, fact that, the fact it's boiling their piss so much, I don't know why it entertains me to that extent, but it really, Oh, no, really no, does. it's pure box office. Like, they do sell yeah. it, but they don't have to really because, fuck me, man, like, it's it's unbelievable. Like, it really yeah. is. Like, the 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 article in written about him in Market is written by a man called Manuel Julia, Mm. And like that guy's like an award-winning poet and essayist. <laughs> it's like he and he's writing off. Like obviously he's a Real fan, but like yeah, the guy's won award. Like he's an award-winning poet. And he's like writing the bale parasite comes from the cold rains of Britain, it settled <laughs> in Spain. Uh, this is direct quote, by the way. Oh, it settled Christ. in Spain at Real Madrid, where disguising its intentions, it first showed diligence and love for the grass, but soon its nature brought it to suck blood without giving anything in return. More than blood. More than blood. It sucked and sucked the club's euros. Unlike others of its species, like the flea, the louse, oh. or the bed bug, the bale parasite. Oh, so he's his own parasite. He's not actually any. His own else. parasite. You see, the flea. Oh, they've is, given him. They've yeah. given him a new genus. All right, then. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't realize. See, the flea is Ronaldo. Is, is Ronaldo Nascimento, right? Um, then you've got like yeah. Tick is uh, Messi. You know, it it, it it has different classes. You know, obviously. Yeah. And it's just, it goes on and on. And I'm like, holy motherfucker. You know, uh, but I think you're saying there it's kind of weird and it's funny, but it is like, mm. it's weird. Like he's going to leave probably as the most successful British sport footballer probably ever. <laughs> you know, financially, yeah, you'd say that. No, no, even like, even like, yeah. tro- well, trophy wise, he's won 17. He's won 17 trophies at his yeah. nine, se- he's nine seasons, right? And this is what's really fucking weird about it, right? He's going to leave Real with more goals than Ronaldo, the, the Brazilian one, right? Yes. The, the good one. <laughs> more assists than David Beckham. More games mm. played for them than Luis Figo. More trophies as a player won than Zidane. And yeah. more Champions League winners medals than fucking Raul. <laughs> and the thing is like... You leave a team with that kind of a fucking, with those types of, like, just catastrophically, those astronomic numbers, mm. like, they'll probably retire your number. Like, you know, like, that's, like, legendary status. But they'll be mm. fucking delighted to see him go. They're happy. They it, can't fairness, wait to they get still the might, club. like, they still might retire his number so no one ever thinks of Garrett Bell ever again. Oh, no, man. They're just, they just they don't like, give exactly like fucking Chris Benoit. Like, they, don't, they don't give a fuck. They hate him, like. Yeah, I reckon they'll just give his number. But they'll try and give his number straight to Mbappe and just fucking whitewash him out of their fucking. Yeah, probably. Ah, <sighs> oh, it's just it, it's hilarious. It's brilliant. Mm. But it, it is it is in a sense because like I, I get I get the guys like kind of like writing from the perspective of a of a hardcore Real Madrid fan and being that it's market, it's essentially Real Madrid propaganda. So it's a case of like, okay, well, we just have to play. We, we will write from the club side and we will get people to agree with our opinion. 
But the fact that like not anyone with a bit of common sense can realize that the club agreed to pay those those wages. They thought he was hot shit at the time. Then they realized they didn't like him and have neglected him ever since. And that's that did that. Like, but he's been the, the, the constant injuries and then just coming out with him to oh, go yeah. play for Wales. Like, holy, like, he's not even, like, it's not even a disguise, really. Like, mm. everybody knows. I mean, seriously, is anybody fooled by this? Is that, does anybody really think he's actually injured? No, he's not. I saw no. that free kick he kicked in there. Fuck me. If he's injured, holy shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> sign me up for whatever that injury is because it's fucking brilliant, you know? Mm. No, I, 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 to- I do totally get that. But the, it was it was it's sheer fact that like he has milked that place for all it's worth and it, I get genuinely there's something I can actually like appreciate about that it's the fact that like <laughs> you sort of played the game and you're get and you can get out whenever the fuck it's you like want. it's like when you see a con artist do a really really intricate con on somebody and you're like you know what you're robbing prick but man you know I just gotta fucking it's, not it, it's you know really yeah I'm just gonna pause. just gonna yeah. uh, applause yeah. applause because that was fucking super. It's like a pyramid um, scheme that no one realizes is a scheme until like a hundred years later. It's like fuck. No, the, the pyramid scheme that nobody realizes the pyramid scheme until the guy leaves for all the money, and you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, for fair fuck still. Oh, he's not building a monorail at all. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I've been to New Haverbrook. Um, <laughs> oh dear. But um, I suppose like while we're on the conversation of uh, of the playoffs and and what teams to expect in the World Cup, I'll give you a brief rundown of who's there already. So uh, if we're starting with obviously we have Qatar, the uh, benevolent hosts of this World Cup, and uh, let me just check there uh, one nine five four. Sorry, that's just the last time one of the first time Germany won the World Cup. It's also the amount of um, people that's died to uh, to make the World Cup happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Weird coincidence that. So, um, in terms of Europe, the teams that are uh, in there already from all the group kind of uh, qualifications, you've got Serbia from, from our group. We won't talk about that. Um, we got Spain naturally. A uh, bit of a resurgence for Spain, to be fair, on the Luis Enrique. Um, and it's kind of weird as well because I remember I remember someone noticing that like I don't know who it was. I think it was either Pep Guardiola or someone of that ilk who said like Ferran Torres will ensure that Spain are a good team. It's like that's all. Is there, there are, are there no more other Spanish players like Andy Fati, Pedri? No, we're all just going to bank it on Ferran Torres. Okay, that's great. That's that's um, good plan. That's a great plan. Like, you know what? It worked for Wayne Rooney in England, it'll work for Spain. You know, just saying, <laughs> especially not when they got that Gabby guy in midfield. He got like, yeah, player of the tournament. Damn near got player of the tournament at 19. He was fucking mm. incredible during the Euros. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, but I think I, I I think I am being facetious there, but it's about the tactical system that they're using because they're not they don't want Spain don't want a striker they want a false nine and Ferran Torres is a false nine so that's probably why they're they're hoping that he'll win in the World Cup because then that I guess justifies not having a striker like full team I don't know Spain are weird lads about that about that sort of thing um yeah obviously we mentioned that uh, Switzerland they're the uh, winners of Group C so they have inadvertently knocked Italy out of the World Cup, which I think is a wonderful twist of fate, personally. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, there you go. Like, like the fact that, like, Jordan Shakiri will get to the World Cup, but, like, Jorginho won't, or Donnarumma won't, is actually kind of, like, very funny for a World Cup, if you know what I mean. It's like... Cause it's Shaqiri, more heartwarming, yeah. It is. Like, like Shakiri is a quintessential World Cup player. You see him every single time, you go, oh, that guy, I remember him. 
you know, um, he's like what Roger, Roger, Roger Miller was in the 1990s, you know, kind of way. Cameron <laughs> yeah. will always qualify for the World Cup, but you see him doing his little dance at the corner, like, oh, look at him, it's, he's the 50 year old man who keeps playing football. Um, you know, that's what I say, it's, it's really endearing. Um, so, so the other group B winners are kind of the usual suspects, I guess France, Belgium, Denmark, Netherlands, Croatia, England, Germany. Um, I was kind of remarking earlier in the group chat uh, about how on earth that, like, you know, now that Italy are gone. And there's going to be nothing to stop England win the World Cup now, except for 31 other teams and England. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I actually look forward to their self-sabotage. I think it's going to be great. <laughs> um, so uh, there are a few other um, teams in the, from the rest of the world, because uh, other teams are available after all. Uh, so out of the uh, South American teams, some are confirmed now. Uh, Brazil and Argentina are true. And uh, as is Ecuador and Uruguay. Um, mm-hmm. Which is a surprise considering I believe Chile can't qualify uh, at the moment. And I think Colombia have to go into a playoff, which is surprising because, again, the Colombian team are kind of hot shit at the moment. So um, they kind of need to get their ass in gear. Um, I'm actually just double checking here. So, yes, they've qualified. Peru, Colombia, and Chile uh, can't qualify directly. They have to do uh, Confederation playoffs. So I think they fight, they play against the CONCAF uh, teams, I think. And Oceania. Yeah, Chile, sure. Chile actually have to play Uruguay. Mm. So they might be kind of happy about this, given that Uruguay have already qualified. Yeah, that would probably work work to their advantage, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's the, those are currently the four teams. I think there is one more to come from South America, I believe. Yeah, there's um, one more. There's a fifth position yes. for a playoff against an Asian team. Asian team, yeah. Yeah. That, that um, sense, the yeah. thing is, is that with points wise if you look at it all if Peru win that's it they've caught it because they're on 21 mm. points they they're playing Paraguay mm. Colombia have 20 points uh, they need to beat Venezuela and need to cheer on the Peruvians um, yeah or they can cheer against them apologies uh, Chile have to beat Uruguay and hope everything else uh, they're not going to be too confident about that given that they were recently crushed 4-0 by Brazil I, I, um, I fancy that would that would diminish the uh, confidence a little bit, I'd say. Yeah, and I think it's Colombia then as well. But I yeah. think the last time they scored a goal, that was their first goals in like 700 minutes of qualifier play. So, yeah, they're not probably not going to get it. I, I doubt it. I doubt it. Um, so, yeah, from that then we have the, uh, from the Asian side, we have uh, your usual suspects in Japan, South, South Korea, Iran, um, and Saudi Arabia. So, they're all in. Um, to my knowledge, I think Australia are out because they're in the uh, they're in the Asian category. Um, oh, they're in. They go into the playoffs. Yes, that makes sense. So, uh, I think uh, yeah. So Australia go elsewhere, and then I think the UAE and uh, Iraq and Lebanon are in playoffs, as far as I know. So they could still technically qualify, but they will probably get trounced by some of the uh, other territories, I'd imagine. Um, so, yeah, in terms of the European side, uh, there's a couple of still a bit of order business to do, namely uh, the kind of playoffs that are left. So we mentioned earlier that like Portugal and Italy were bound to meet each other because they are doing these kind of, I think they call them winner's paths or champion's path type of playoffs, where basically they get kind of great group into mini tourneys between the, the four or five teams. So, for instance, one group was Wales, Austria, Scotland, Ukraine. Uh, <laughs> see how well that went. <laughs> uh, likewise, Russia, Poland. <laughs> See how well that went. And Sweden, Czech Republic. So they're in they're in two separate groups. And then you had Portugal, Turkey, Italy, North Macedonia. So 
Wales are going to face whoever the winner of Scotland Ukraine is. I don't know if they decided that or they, they I don't know if they play yet. I think they're waiting until the Ukrainian team can actually feel the team. Um, so that's still kind of in abeyance in, in that sense. Uh, whereas Poland and Sweden will now play off against each other on Tuesday to see who qualifies for the World Cup. Likewise, Portugal will face Macedonia. And I can't wait for the uh, Ronaldo circle jerk to happen when he scores a late-minute equaliser against the mighty North Macedonians. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but curious enough, like, again, depending on what happens with the Ukraine team, you might see a playoff between Wales versus Scotland for a place in the World Cup, which I think is is so intriguing in a sense because you'd argue Wales have like the best better individual players you know your Bales your Ramses your Neko Williams of course uh, and then but Scotland is by far a better team you know like as a squad and um, granted most of their skill set is in left back but you know they make the best out of it regardless um, but it's still a decent enough team all the same so it, 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 that, it, that to me is actually the most intriguing one of the three I think because um, like I said there's only three spots available and like you probably argue might go to Portugal maybe Poland and then either Wales so like you're getting the superstars in there kind of by the back door almost mm-hmm. I think is interesting um, and uh, yeah so the rest of kind of the ones are the kind of World Cup ones are still have to be decided in that sense but uh, as far as I know uh, the ocean if, if, if everyone is listening from Oceania you have a choice between the Solomon Islands, Papua New Guinea, New Zealand, or Tahiti. And uh, Don Neil, I'm just going to put my flags out there now. I think Tahiti is going to win the World Cup. So <laughs> I think they're going to go all the way. <laughs> they're going to beat Panama, maybe. <laughs> it's hard to try. Actually, yeah. Um, while we're talking about the CONCAF, like that's nearly settled as well. I think they've uh, got two games left in that tournament. And uh, I think for a lot, not the first time in a long time, Canada is going to be the World Cup, mm. and they have a low key, really good fucking side, um, like better than much better than I'd say the US and Mexico teams, and rightfully so, they're they're leading that that table, um, and the reason I'm saying that is because much like the Wales team, they actually are kind of like scattered across really good superstar players, like um, like again, I don't know if he plays left back or winger for Canada, but Alfonso Davies will be probably their star turn. And then you've got the likes of Jonathan David. And then you have another one or two players who are playing in the Bundesliga, I think, and they're all strikers. So it's a very attacking side. And like, again, the US have like all their like young, precocious superstars and their talents. And their captain is, is Christian Pulisic somehow. I think it's because, I I like to think he's because he, he was called Captain America first. So as a joke, <laughs> he gave him the captain's armband. I'm not sure how it works, to be honest. Um, and then obviously Mexico will surely get in as well because it would feel weird if they weren't, to be honest. Um, but yeah, like it's 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 an interesting group like to to, to have in there. Um, so yeah, uh, Africa wise, uh, it's a uh, it's all to play for. Um, they're actually playing currently right now as we speak. Uh, yes, Egypt are leading. Yeah. Egypt are leading Senegal one mm. nil. Um, don't know who scored the goal. It wasn't Salah. Um, That's sacrilege. Yes, and Ghana and Nigeria are still nil all. Hmm, interesting. Um, but yeah, I was about to say, like the actual the the for the top of the match there is like is Salah versus Mane, um, for that and again, like, okay, again, yeah, and it's a that's an intriguing one because again, that's the way it's it's set oh, up. It was but... an own goal. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was an own goal. 
again that will probably all change by the time this comes out but uh but yeah that's that's a that's a double that, that's a second leg of two one or two leg affairs anyway so they're not quite over um at this thing but basically you have a choice of either he's either gonna be Egypt or Senegal Cameroon or Algeria Ghana or Nigeria or DR Congo or Morocco or Mali or Ch- Tunisia so it's a fairly scattered group there like a lot of top heavy teams there going out potentially quite early um Although you'd probably argue Algeria kind of shit the bed in the Cup of Nations, so maybe they're not in a in a good place. But they've they're leading the first leg, so who 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 do I know? I'm not an expert in African football, um. But yeah, it's a, it 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 promised to be an intriguing like set of uh, teams in that sense, um. Like you'd probably say, like out of all of them, you'd want to think that Senegal would be the best place to get the furthest out of the African teams because I still think that um the the Ghana is the closest. To like the semi-finals, I think they, they got they crashed out the quarterfinals, didn't they? Mm. Um, thanks to the Suarez handball, that's the I think the closest I think they've ever gotten. So you'd like to think that Senegal might go one better. You never know. Although Nigeria team aren't too bad either, but um, yeah, it it promised to be an, an interesting World Cup. We'll see how it goes. Um, so. Uh, that is our, um, I suppose, as much as we are permitted to talk about the intro before we fall asleep. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> Let's go back to the uh, to club football, Neil. Um, what has been troubling you over the last while in club football? Has anything been on the top of your mind that has kept you uh, awake at night thinking that you must answer this burning question of yours? Yeah. Um, well, the burning question I have is, what the fuck is people's problem with Arsenal celebrating winning matches? <laughs> I couldn't get this either. I'll be honest. Like, <laughs> like, no, don't get me wrong. Like, it's been they are, It's not affected the fan. In fact, if anything, it's been one of the many things that have galvanised the fan base. So everybody else gets written off as just a fucking celebration police. Mm. You know, so it's whoop, whoop, it's the sound of the police. Yeah, celebration police. Like, it's fucking stupid. Like, I just... Yeah. And you've got, like, people like a bong lahore, like trying to call you out on shit. I was like, are you fucking serious, mate? Can you? we just stop talking about Gabby at Bonlahor? He keeps popping up every now and then. It's like, okay, he's on TalkSport. That's great. No one with a brain listens to TalkSport, all right? Like, Shut just up. Just fuck off, right? Yeah. I mean, just fuck right off. And um, I just, yeah, it's just hilarious. It's just, again, it's more piss boiling from other people. And yes. I, I just, I just love it. I just, I fucking love it. What do you think um, people, um, as an Arsenal fan, what do you think you're winding up so many people, Neil? Is it because they're terrified of the uh, the force that you're going to be in a couple of years' time? Or is it just that they have something wrong? Do they, do they feel like Mikel Teter's hair is unnatural and therefore he must be stopped? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's, it's a good kind of confluence of a lot of things in that you've got a new generation of fans coming in with a new generation of a team, you know, the youngest team in the league, with probably a good young section, new section of fans in. Mm. The team's going in the right direction for the first time in like five years. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's been really, really good. Like, I just, yeah, just people are just like, we're getting back to the point where we're the team people like really, really fucking hating. And I'm I'm, I'm loving it. Mm. <laughs> you know? So fuck it. Like, but the thing is about it is that like the celebrations, the one of the things, I'm like, this is quite well done in Ars blog. Is that like um, Ruben Neves and Ashley Young as well was one of the people who came out. Oh, the celebrations. What they got wrong was the celebrations nothing to do with them. It's all Mm. about us. 
it was about breaking with a past that has been pretty fucking bad and yeah. embracing a, like a future that you know we're we're fucking going we're going for you know um huge rake load of shit i'm like more than one friend has pinged me about I'm like they, they surf like really shitty stupid transfer news parts of the web mm. but every single one of them turned in goes apparently you guys are going hard in for um the benfica striker darwin nunez Nunez, yeah so apparently like like these are like two disparate groups of friends both ping me at roughly the same time going, apparently you guys are going in for Darwin Nunes. I was like, you guys don't talk to each other. What the fuck? Do <laughs> <laughs> you know each other? Yeah, no, it's really weird. But um, I'm like, again, I'll only believe it when I see him in the fucking jersey, but I'll be happy yeah. with that. He's a fucking super looking player. Well, well, yeah, like, like it's, the- it's good. Everything's looking up. Like, all, mm. you know, it's like the, it's like the friend sign is like, you know, all the lines are going up, so I'm happy. Mm. <laughs> and I just love it. Okay. And I love the fact that people are annoyed by it. Well, like I say, you aren't like in, in essence, you aren't that far away from Chelsea, in a sense. Like it's a like depending on how the game and hands go, you, you could be only like what two points behind them? Not bad going all the same. Like um, but like oh, like we've we've spoken about the uh, top four race uh, a couple of times in the last few podcasts, so I suppose like an update is necessary in that sense. Like we mentioned, there was a few candidates there, and I think we'd be happy to say that West Ham and Wolves have kind of dropped off that mark. West Pretty Ham, much. I'm like Wolves. Yeah. Wolves again. I just I said it before, and I'm just go like they just don't score enough goals. It's not happening, mm. and they still haven't scored enough goals. I mean, they yeah. got thirty-one four. Right. So you look at the two teams around them, right? So you got Villa underneath them. They've scored forty-one. Yeah. And you've got West Ham above them who have scored 49. That's just the team there. And like if you want to go down, who's the team that scored less than them? You have to go to 13th. Uh, 13th to Brighton. Yeah. Now Brighton have been perennially poor scorers in the league. Yeah, you know, like, and they've gotten they've been dicked in their last five league game straight. So like yeah. <laughs> you know, six actually, yeah. Six losses on the bounce. Oh, six like, losses, yeah, shit. Yeah. I'm like, and then past that, like past Brighton, Newcastle Everton. scored more than them. Yeah, yeah, you have to go, you have to go down to Everton. Yeah, I mean, like, fuck, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you're just not going to get anywhere not scoring goals. Sorry, mm. I hate to break it to these lads. West Ham, I think they're just focusing on the Europa League. I, I really. And to be fair, like after beating Sevilla, I would too. Yeah, like, no, to be honest with you now. Shocker. Really. Yeah, I was like, why are you focusing on crashing out to Sevilla so badly? And then you mm. went and beat them, and I was like, okay, I know nothing. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the form books out the window, lads. David Moyes is on a party. Let's fucking go. Let's have it. Yeah. yeah. Moyes wants that Europa League trophy. That'll be fucking crazy if they bring that home. Holy fuck. Well, and they'll go like, into like, the... like we were saying last week, like David Moyes hasn't won a trophy. Mm. You know, not in, not, in, not in time in England. I think he may have won one. Um, when he was as a player, obviously, but um, but not in like a, in a managerial role, I don't think, because I don't think he's ever been in a position to like when he was at Everton, he was probably the closest, but never got an FA Cup run. And I think like the, the one he got in United was a community shield. And come on, let fat lads, let's let's be fair, let's let's go for an actual fucking trophy here, yeah. So yeah, and they got um they got Leon, they pulled they drew Leon on the quarters, you know. Yes, that's a I guess probably one of the favourites for the competition. Now I know they're not great shakes, but they're still a very good team individually. Good players in there. Um, 
but much like like every time Leon looked like they're getting good, they turn into a fucking basket case. Yeah. So it, it, it depends on your point of view. But but yeah, so in, in essence, the top four race now is a three-horse race. It's Arsenal, Spurs, Man United. And obviously you'd still have the game in hand over the other two. Uh, but I believe the game in hand is actually Chelsea, if I'm not mistaken. Um, no, we still have to play Man U. And Spurs. Play Man U. Yes. Um, we still have to play all of them. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so we like every single one of them. Like in particular, the revamped North London derby. They're all absolute six pointers. Oh, the good thing. Yeah. The thing about them is, like, we win one of them, and then that's yeah. it. Like, we're cemented in the fourth. Like, it'll yeah. it'll only take like a capitulation of the worst variety to mm. fucking to get us out of there. And it's yeah, no, I, I I'm I'm loving it. So yeah, no, we're happy. We're I'm happy. Oh, um, do I think the interlulls killed a bit of momentum? Eh, not really. We're picking up the odd injury now. Um, mm. Rams Rambo got injured for the last game, so we feel Leno Tomiasso still out injured. Um, but uh, yeah, no, uh, Smith Rose got got sick, not COVID. Uh, I mm. don't think so. I don't think it was COVID. But he, that kept him. He, he did. He did have it. He did have it at one point. I yeah. think. But yeah, no. Like the team start, the injuries starting to kick in because of the intensities of the games and the training. And mm. so I'm happy. I'm happy out now with the the interlull. Now I think it's kicked in just to give the guys uh, a bit of a break. Saka has tested positive for COVID, so he's out of the England team. That's good. That's a week off. Have job done. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's I'm happy out with that as well. <laughs> as well to be very honest with you. Uh, I think the only Arsenal player I think that's now playing in the England squad is Ben Moy. Yeah. Um and he'll get COVID eventually as well. So he'll hopefully well he's he already got it. Uh so ah, he'll, he'll probably pick it up again. And Smith Rose, Smith Smith Rose in there, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think those two are the only people two that are in the that England mm. squad. That's right. Out of the four or five Arsenal players that got picked. But um yeah, no, I'm like I couldn't, I really couldn't be happier. We have ten cup finals till the end of the game, until the end of the season. And uh, yeah, uh, to be honest with you, I I only see Spurs. I think it's like I hate to say it, but I think Spurs are our only competition for fourth. I look it could very well come down to the derby, couldn't it? I mean, man, yeah, very well could come down to the derby. Like I think that's why it's not been really rescheduled yet. Because mm. they're trying to reschedule it as late as they possibly can. Yeah, I get you. I it's get you. a really like, yeah, I, I I genuinely think that's why. Because if there was if like if Spurs were ten points behind us now, we'd have already mm. played it, I reckon. But I guarantee it, they're trying to box off us that North London derby. Um, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame them in that sense because, like I said, it is a <laughs> it is a marquee match and. Like much like the because uh, I'm reminded of the April 10th match, like City Liverpool will yeah. more likely decide the title. Yeah. So you, you kind of want a similar feel for North London because that could easily be but, I probably put the both. two of them on the same day. Probably I I, I guarantee you that was definitely float with like. Um, let me see. Actually, uh, is, is April the 10th full? It, oh, it's, it's looking pretty full, Neil. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. it's looking full. Yeah, it's looking pretty looking pretty full. Like I mean, you, you can't really bump off Norwich versus Burnley, can you? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Brentford West Ham especially when both those teams are about to be bumped out of the fucking Premier League exactly yeah like who can lose the quickest uh, race to <laughs> the bottom Palace. yeah I mean you're going to bump off Leicester Palace in the North London Derby come on lads it doesn't make sense <laughs> you know but um, 
yeah, in fairness, like he's earned like booked so far that well, actually that's not true. Uh, Spurs are playing Villa, and you guys, you guys have got Brighton, so you can't use April the tenth. That is booked, lads. You can't do that. All right, simple as. So you have to, you have to work out somewhere. Yeah, else. you'll have to have your, you'll have to have your title fight on your own. That's it. Get get get, get your own title fight. Yeah, get your own title fight. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I, 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 but I, I reckon that's the reason why it's not been rescheduled. They're just waiting to see how it all pans out. Mm. And uh, Spurs, unfortunately, were on a bit of a run. Uh, Son has discovered, rediscovered how to play. Uh, Son has rediscovered the fact that he's actually a very fucking good footballer. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is a fucking nuisance. Um, yeah, it's it's mad. And Matt Doherty seems to have rediscovered a bit of the form that, which is why like Spurs got him from Wolves anyway. Um. Yeah, it's just mad. But then again, they oscillate. They're on and off. Like you know, mm. you know. I, I will think... say one thing about them: they do look like, uh, like they have had. They're only they only signed. They signed two players in January: Bentacur and and Judelewski. And you have to say two really good signings for the squad. But they kind of. But like we we stated that earlier when they signed them, I was like, that's but that's neither of them or what Conte wanted. Like what yeah, Conte are, wanted them. Conte wanted who, who did he, he wanted Weston McKinney instead, <laughs> but, but Juve well, went. Car, yeah, yeah, yeah. U- Juve went. Actually, here we've we've got these two other guys. Take them. <laughs> I was like, okay, then. take our other players. Yeah, I was like, but if a team offers you two midfielders, you're going on. Mm. Why are you offering us both midfielders? Like that's that's two mids. Like that's really weird. That's a weird thing to do. To yeah. Sign two mids off a team. Going, no fucking hell. Mm. So. Yeah, it's just, that's just it. It's, yeah, but they, they are coming good, in particular that Kulusevsky guy. Um, yeah, they're just, they're hitting a rich vein of form, and I don't like it. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like it, and I think they should stop. Yeah, I don't like it. I think they should stop. That's, that is my two cents. Thank you, Neil, for But I, I, I just, but I don't see Manchester United getting into this again. I mean, no. they're, they just, they've just turned it. They've really ramped up the basket caseness, and it's, I'm loving it. It's, it's, it's <laughs> so bizarre. It. it really, really is. It's, I, you know, it's not even actually bizarre. It's actually, it's actually relieving to see that it's playing out as it should. Like a soap you opera, like I mean? a bad soap yeah. opera. Like yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Just like, the report everyone... coming out, and it's just notoriously <laughs> bitchy reports that nobody yeah. respects Maguire. Apparently, every time he stands up to make like his captain speak, give his captain speeches, players are rolling their eyes at him. <laughs> I I can't believe that like Harry Maguire can actually make speeches or you give know, any kind of or have any kind of gravitas. Like even then, in particular, like in the fucking the Atletico Madrid game, like you know, you 10, 15 minutes to go. They're chasing the game. They need a goal, and they sub off their captain. Like, and yeah. he was cheered. Like the substitution was cheered by his own mm. fans. Like he's just gone, fuck man. Like, like they, they surely they cannot continue with this guy. Like they have to get rid of him. Like there's so many of them, and so many of that team now are hitting the end of their contracts in the summer. Mm. Um, like I think eight of them or something like that are going into the end of their contracts. It, 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 I think it's seven. I think it's seven or, or and seven? a couple of young players as well. Yeah, I know. I know they're 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 apparently reaching a breakthrough to get to re-sign Fernandez. Apparently, he's going to sign an, an extension till twenty seven. <laughs> I'm just going. Why? Why would you do that? He's the Why biggest you now, ever. You know, fucking yeah. hell! Like, get yeah. rid of. I'll, him, I'll like. have a look at transfer market and I'll give you. I'll get back to you about the matches. You know, situation. Twenty-seven, um, yeah. like for fucking hell, yeah. But 
yeah, I, I think they're 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 a head case. I think they'll be lucky to even get Europa League. Um, Manu. Um, so yeah, so, I just think it's only Spurs. I reckon. Uh, right, I have exactly all the players they are looking. They're likely to lose in in the season. So, um, the players that are ex- their contracts are expiring is Lee Grant. I mean, you don't want to lose him, do you? Um, <laughs> you've also got so everyone at the moment that are out this year would be one matter because you only signed a one. He signed a one year deal extension last year. To be fair, and yeah, I think that's only a fair a fair point. But again, big ones like as Cavani out of contract, Paul Pogba out of contract, Jesse Lingard out of contract. And next year, you're looking at some actually quite massive departures, potentially. Um, Ronaldo himself, De Gea, uh, Matic. Like I'm just, I know there's a few there's others, but I'm just picking these in particular. So you got De Gea, Ronaldo, Matic, Isn't Shaw. Shaw. Oh, yeah, Shaw, though, yeah. Shaw, Fred, Rashford, and Diego Dallo. Now, like... Uh, like Bruno Fernandes, you mentioned there, he's still on the contract until 2025. He doesn't need the extension. There's other players out there that need to be pinned down, you know? Um, and Maguire, can't, you can't really sell Maguire yet either because he's still on the contract until 2025. Nobody so, will pay any money for him because he's a no, fucking exactly. donkey. That's like. the thing. You need to wind that contract. That is, do you know what? It's, I hate I hate to say this because I don't like comparing like players like this uh, when they're in such a fucking bad state, but he is starting to become a lot like Phil Jones where... Phil Jones came in with such a, a overinflated reputation. And Phil Jones was kind of like, was hired because Alex Ferguson liked the look of him. Um, mainly because maybe he was funny looking, maybe. That's probably why he started. <laughs> well, the idea was that he was the no-nonsense centre-back to build the team around. But the trouble was that he couldn't, the fitness shot down, like his confidence was gone and he, he couldn't fucking play properly. The same thing is happening with Maguire. But the bizarre thing is, like, in England, he plays quite well because he's in a back three and he's protected so much because Southgate plays seven defenders and four and three fours or four fours, whatever it is. And that's, like, footballing lunacy. That is what you do <laughs> if you don't trust your players. It was like, no, 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 safety. It's like fucking Wallace and Gromit football. It's like fucking, like... Yeah, play, playing first, a... Playing a right back... Trousers, playing a right back in, left, in the left-back position because he's more defensive. Going, oh, English DNA. That no, was uh, that was um, curious. Yeah, you put you put Trippier. Trippier he was playing yeah. Trippier on the left as, as a left back because he would cover for Mings more. I'm going. Yes. How are you gonna? How do you do that? Like, how? First off, how do you come to that decision? Secondly, how do you think that's a good one? And thirdly, how do you how do you get that across to your players without annihilating their confidence? I'm going to have to play a player out of on the opposite flank to what he normally plays because I don't trust you. <laughs> you, brought, you bought Luke Shaw and Ben Chilwell to Euros and you used them neither times. Yeah. Yeah, you oh. bought Luke Shaw and Ben Chilwell. And who did you play a left back? Kieran Trippier. Kieran Trippier, yes. <laughs> and like, you brought three right backs in Kyle Walker, Kieran Trippier and Trent Alexander-Arnold and you played Trent in midfield. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's not as effective because his best attack, Miss Skill, is crossing. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, we can talk about Selgate so much in this thing. But that but that's just kind of the, the, the situation with United is that like they were now the conversation is now starting about who is then gonna be the next manager, who's gonna be the guy to take over and you know to rule the town, and they're all going mad over Ten Hag. For what it's worth, 
I think Ten Hag would be crazy to take that post. Oh, I think he'd be nuts. The, the, yeah. To be honest with you, I, I was chatting away about this with somebody and I was like, if I was Ten Hag, the only way I would take that job is if I was only signing a two-year contract. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't there for ages. Yeah. And I was getting 20 million quid a year. <laughs> That's the only way I'd take it. Yeah, I kind of see your point because, like, in a, in a way, you'd want to, you'd want to back, you want it out, basically. You kind of want to want, want the deal that Conte has at Spurs, where if if this if the club is absolutely properly going downhill, Conte can just go right, better job offer that way, fuck it, Dubai. You know, he'll just he'll he'll say sorry to Spurs once a better job comes around. And by the way, there's no there's no guarantee that Conte won't jump ship to Spurs like that. No, go here, United sign me up. Like if you can, yeah, because. Ten Hag is only a good coach. Now he's a very good coach. I'm not disparaging him. Yeah. But like United don't need a coach. United need owners that give a fuck. And they need a board that knows what it's doing. They need no, a proper, I totally get that. They I, need I a totally proper manager. Problem. They need a, yeah. a proper manager. They don't need a head coach. Um, because like you've got like a board there that nobody knows what they do. Like you've got Ralph Rangnick saying mm. that like after seven months of working with Darren Fletcher, he's no idea what what his job was. Darren Fletcher's like one of the directors. <laughs> and he says this in a press conference. In a press conference, like, oh yeah, I have no idea what he does. <laughs> Are you fucking... <laughs> and honestly, I'm not going to lie, I think Ralph Ragnar might be one of my favourite people because... He like, literally, he but like... he's, he's nailed in. He's got perfect job security. Like, he's only there yeah. for a year, which is the dumbest idea ever. And mm. then they're going to fucking make him a board. He's going to be made a director. Like apps yeah. after this, regardless of what happens to the team, it's like, hang on, wait a minute. This is heads I win, tails you lose situation. Like, yeah, <laughs> who's not going to say this? And he's going to get like a huge chunk of cash into his bank account. They, they, the given him, they, they haven't realized the job security they've given him because it's a case of, okay, if, if this season goes irreparably bad, if they finish like, say, eighth, no European football at all, like they have to start, like, the wage will start shrinking because they don't have any European money at all. They still have the it, Ralph Rangnick is still going to be in that position. He's still going to be in that club regardless. Like regardless of the situation, he has already succeeded and he already has a job. And he's there. not going to have to deal with the follow because he'll be a no. director. He'll be he'll be insulated. He'll be shielded. He'll be in yeah. the back room. He'll be up at the corporate box. He won't be in the dugout. Yeah. So it's it's brilliant. It's like wow, I can come in here. I can make a whole fucking dog's dinner of this whole thing, and there'll be somebody else who has to clean it up. And not only that, but I'm going to get a promotion. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And, and hilariously enough, like it's a case of like the like writing is essentially like positioned to pick the team or at least to try and mold the team for whatever coach comes in. As if Man United have not been changing coach every year since Ferguson left. Like who's like what is telling you that this that this like chopping and changing between Moyes Van Hal, Mourinho to Solskjaer is not going to be different now just because you bring a Ten Hag or a Pochettino in. You know, it, it doesn't work out that way. Yeah, you need no, the scouting improvement to go with it. Absolutely. I, to- I totally fully agree with you. I think Ten Hag would be insane to go for that job. Uh, it's not going to be Potocheno this season. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry, next season, apologies. Uh, this year, it's not going to be mm. Potocheno because PSG won't let him go. They're like, no, yeah. he'll leave only on our terms, which is never. <laughs> um, You're here forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, he'll be here till till the end of next year because he's yeah. only got another year left on his contract but like they won't get 10 high well hopefully they won't get 10 high because I hate to see them actually destroy a good coach another good coach mm. they can't get Potocheno probably won't get Conte who else who's there mm. 
that's the difference. Like, they, 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 I think if if the likes of Ten Hag, now they, I think they, um, I think Melissa already got the scoop on this um, for Sky, and she said that the four, the four candidates for the job are Ten Hag and Pochettino. Apparently, they're higher on the hierarchy than the other two, but the other two are. Luis Enrique, the Spanish coach, or Julian Lopetegui, who's the Sevilla coach at the moment. Um, now, Sevilla like have just been knocked out of the Europa League, but they were going decent guns in the Champions League until they got knocked out. They were in a very mm-hmm. tough group, in fairness. Um, but the, the, the sheer fact that like, domestically, Sevilla are looking And also, good, they're, so. they're second in the Liga. They're second in the Liga. They are in the title hunt. So nah, it's, Not really. They're, um, they're yeah. nine points behind Real. <laughs> it's the closest thing they have to a fucking title. Yeah, exactly, comp- yeah. You know, but like, but, but even then, like, they're looking at that and they're looking at Sevilla being second in La Liga as like, ooh, they're overachieving without realizing the context to why they are second. It's because you have a Atletico Madrid side who are on a win and you have a Barcelona side who are cobbling up an attack from like the ready steady cook Ainsley Harriet fucking menu they have. <laughs> you know, like the, the fact that like like Real, like they did like beat Real Madrid 4-0 in El Clasico and I think everyone was shocked about how well that went for Barcelona because it wasn't meant to. We were all supposed to point and laugh at how bad Barcelona still are and it just it didn't work that way. Well it, it, it also helped than normal. It also helps when Real go in there with like quite possibly the stupidest fucking formation oh, I've ever what seen. Were they fucking like, thinking? Like, what were they thinking? Let's play Modric as a false line. Jesus Christ. Why? Why would you do this? <laughs> that makes no sense at any like what? No. Crazy. Crazy. So even then, but the point I was standing is that they want to get they have had eyes on the likes of Pochettino and Ten Hag for years. They have kept their kind of in the nose and their sources keep feeding it to the paper saying, oh, we're going to get we're gonna get Ten Hag this year. We're going to get Ten Hag this year. If you didn't get him last year or the year before, what makes you think you're going to get him now? You know, like what, is, what has changed at Manchester United to make that like job more appealing? Nothing. Nothing has changed. If anything, the, the dumpster fire you're seeing there is perfect the reason why you stay away. You know, like unless you're a firefighter, which you're not, you're don't look at that big smoldering mess over there and go, Do you know, what? I'm gonna go closer to it and see what happens. <laughs> it's not gonna work, you know. It, it, like you have to look further afield. You have to, you have to be, you have to be a little bit creative with your appointments. You have to do what like Spurs did with with Pochettino. They they poached them from Southampton because they realized how good he was going to be. They saw the signs. They saw how impressive he was going to be. Now, granted, that ended up happening to Southampton every fucking year, but that's the, they were the victims of their own success in the end. But that's what that's what Man United kind of have to do in this sense. They have to find something or like untap something and and work with that. And that's where you get the the feel good factor. In the same way that United that Arsenal have done with Mikel Arteta. Now, granted, this was at the same time where like Chelsea were signing Lampard and fucking United had Solskjaer. So we're all football was a bit weird around that time where they all felt, oh fuck, let's just make this a football manager save and hope for the best. You know, it's getting weird. It, is, it was getting weird. It was it was abnormal. It was, stop it. <laughs> but like it will it will take an under the radar signing. Like uh, like I I've still maintained this belief that that either PSG or Man United will want Zidane at some point in their lives. Because obviously, for one, Zidane being French, PSG will want him. But also, United like a box office signing. And what better box office signing than Zidane as your head coach? And 
as it was kind of proven, if you need someone to control egos in a locker room, what better way than to introduce an even bigger ego? The ego. The super the ego. ego. <laughs> to that. And, and the last thing is, that has proven to work at Real Madrid. The fact that, like, this team of superstars were able to get a tune bin out of them. Clearly, Zidane, something in Zidane's coaching style worked. Now, yeah. I mentioned before, I don't quite rate Zidane because I don't think he has a very kind of, like, uh, definitive coaching style i think he just goes forfeit tree's nice and that's that's more or less him like you don't think he he's not like uh there's not a philosophy to hit the way he he sets up a team he just puts out the best team in a formation trains them hard job done he keeps it quite simple but for united maybe that's all they kind of need because they've got the superstars there theoretically the difference is now is getting them to play in a system. Why oh yeah, easily, easily United have out of this race for the top four. United easily have the best squad on paper. Definitely, hundred percent. They're just they're not playing together. They're just garbage. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking terrible. Mm. And that's just it. Like I think that that's the kind of like the, the level they do need. That they're they're thinking too far ahead. They want someone to come in and be their club and Guardiola. And like I think anyone with a semblance of knowledge will go. That's impossible because you don't have the infrastructure around to do that. Because behind Pep Guardiola, you have Tixi Bergerstan. If behind Jurgen Klopp, you have Michael Edwards. You have the, the the driving force, the scouting systems, the algorithms to say this player that no one has ever heard of is going to be our next top signing. Like Liverpool are being linked with the likes of fucking Killian Mbappe and you know Jude Bellingham and all that stuff, and then we <laughs> like sneakily sign Luis Diaz, and he's immediately a starter in the team. That's the level we're talking about here. This is like uh, the proverbial like chess in four D type moves. That like like Man City and Liverpool are playing like chess amongst themselves in a sense in terms of transfers. Like City have said, oh, uh, you, you you want us to sign a striker. That's fine. We'll just sign uh, Julian Alvarez from River Plate. Have you ever never, have you ever, haven't heard of him? He's outscoring Salah in the in goals this season. Oh, you should have signed him. He only delivered for sixteen million pounds. And yuck, 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 yuck. And it literally is like that. That to them is like Bishop to Queen for your move, Liverpool. You know what I mean? United are not on that game. They're not playing that chess, that game of chess with with the two with those two boys. They are underneath there. They're playing fucking drafts. They're playing something else. You know what I mean? Um, and when you look at the fact that like there are other teams behind them that are doing business better and have a bit more financial grunt and are using the money better, you know, we mentioned like this season how well Aston Villa's recruitment has been. Now, granted, then it hasn't quite clicked for them this year, but if it does click, that's a serious outfit. Likewise, Leicester had they not had so many injury crises and Brendan Rogers being himself. You know, you'd argue that they would be up there as well. There are serious outfits in this in this side, in this squad, squad, you hear me, in this league that are going to catch up to Man United. West Ham are two points away. Wolves are four points away. They're, they are coming. There is a new breed coming. Oh, and by the way, who's the big, who's the new club with the big money going behind them? Newcastle. They're going to be up there as well. So they do need to get a move on. As that as it sounds, they probably like, you know, they would be smarter hiring the, the likes of a Bruno Lage or a Brendan Rodgers or a Ralph Halsenhutl to just do something with that squad and make it sensible because the, I don't think the problem is the manager, it's the infrastructure. You're, they're prioritising the wrong things. But again, Man United have been prioritising the wrong things for the last six years. <laughs> you know, So I don't know, it's, it's a basket case, as you said. Um, 
I suppose speaking of basket cases, I think it's a good time to talk about the relegation uh, battle, Neil. Um, <laughs> Norwich are eight points away from safety. They're dead. Rest, maybe yep. rest in peace. Um, Burnley aren't doing great either, although they have games in hand, so they might still survive. Watford won the last game, shockingly. Um, but um, well, Everton... you say Burnley like Burnley have games in hand, so they might be safe. But like they've lost the last three games, mm. an aggregate score of like eight nil. Not great, to be fair. You know, yeah. So they lost two yeah. nil to Leicester. They lost four nil to Chelsea, and two nil to Brentford. You know, so yeah, they're getting stuffed. Yeah. <laughs> not ideal, not ideal. But um, but even then, like, so but still teetering over the zone, which I still find so fucking intriguing, is uh, is Everton. And again, they have a backlog of games to play as well, and that could go one of two ways. Um, and I suppose you'd say the direct competition is Watford, but. Again, they have the game, the games in hand to prove it. Like Burnley are adequately the only team that could really catch Everton because they have the same backlog of games. And mm. um, my uh, Leeds United have got two wins of their bounce thanks to their new coach uh, Ted. La- uh, sorry, Jesse Marsh. Um, <laughs> that's gone well, at least you know that, that's something for Leeds. And um, might get them out of danger. But um, yeah, look, uh, what's your thoughts on the relegation scrap? Like, are we happy to rule out? The likes of uh, Watford or Burnley, or do you think Everton can still get dragged into this mire? I see that's a thing. Like, I'm, I, I, I think Burnley are fucked. Mm. Um, man, seeing Everton go down like that would just be that's one of those mad historic shit. You know, watching but Everton get relegated. That's the thing. I can, see them, I can see them surviving solely because Watford and Burnley were worse, <laughs> not because uh, they got better. <laughs> yeah, no, I just. See, the win over Newcastle, I don't know. I think it just strikes me as one of those kind of false dawns. Like they think now we've yeah. got now we got momentum. And obviously because the goal was actually really fucking good from Alex Awobi. Mm. Um yeah, it just it just smacks a false dawn all the way, man. You know? I know they've got games in hand. They've three in games in hand on Leeds, they've two on Watford. Mm. But it's just like look at how they've been playing. They've been playing yeah. shit. They're shit. You know, like, so... And the final game of the season is against us, you know? So. It's against, like, yeah, the running is, is 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 atrocious. Like, we mentioned already, like, their April looks awful. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, after the break, they're, they they face West Ham, which, again, depending on your European commitments, might be a better fit for them. Depending on so, which uh, West Ham show up, yeah. Precisely, yeah. And then, like, you've got a relegation battle against Burnley midweek. So they're so in a in a week essentially they're facing West Ham, Burnley, Man United, like they they could like potentially score nothing from those games and they're in serious trouble, you know if Burnley beat Everton on that midweek like Matt fixture are going oh shit yeah they're after so, they, so they're up against West Ham who probably do need to keep up the league hunt because like we say oh they probably they'll prioritize the Europa League this is the Europa League by the way that still has I'm like they're up against Lyon. So yeah, no guarantees there. Tough competition, yeah. Uh, and Barcelona are still in this Europa League. Barcelona, Leipzig, like you, know? you recognize them as potential exactly. finalists. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I reckon they're definitely easily favourites for it. So yeah. they can't, they can't put any eggs into that basket. Well, they can't put all their eggs into that basket. So they need to maintain league position, right? So they're up against somebody who needs to maintain league position. Mm. Burnley, which is the definition of a six-pointer. Yep. And uh, Man U, who are desperately trying to stay in the top four relevance. So they're up against mm. three teams that are better than them, essentially. And um, 
that all of whom need to win. So just no, they're rubbers there. They're not up against like no fucking say Southampton or something like that who don't really give a fuck anymore now if they lose games. <laughs> you know, they're cemented into eleventh or mid table. Yeah. They don't really give a shit. Like they're not getting relegated and they're not going anywhere near Europe. So fuck it. No. You know, they don't yeah, care. Yeah, that's, that's the difference. And like I said, that's it's intriguing to see because like I said, I think solely from the fact but from Matt alone, I think what is what could save them. Because it's not going to be form that saves them. Like that, they got smashed in the quarterfinals by by Palace. That was a trouncing, you know. Like it's, oh it's, yeah, it's that great. was. It's very rare to see a four 0 smashing when both teams are full strength in an FA Cup situation, and like I like, like Palace are low key quite a good like cup like team this year. Like they could very well be Chelsea in the semis and and they're in the final, you know. And again, depending on how the other semi final goes, they could easily win. There's nothing to say that Liverpool could shit the bed or Man City. They could. They've already beaten them once this season. They could do it again. Um. So it, it, that's a, that's always that's an intriguing note on that front. But yeah, I, I again, I, I'm watching the Everton case with with in, it, with intense intrigue, Neil, because I just don't know how it's going to go. <laughs> I do genuinely believe that if they are staying up, it's because the teams around them were worse. And not yeah, but because do you they think they will? Yes, I do think so. But I, I honestly ah, do man, think have faith. Have faith. I, <laughs> I honestly do think they'll just finish seventeenth. Honest to God, like because I think the teams above them are better. And I think the teams below them are there, like solely because like they like pulled like switches on managerial changes and sales and whatever it is, and everything are just gonna get lucky. I honestly do think they're gonna get lucky in 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 this sense. Um, but it should be a wake up call to Everton, a hundred percent. But like as you've seen, they don't really take those like uh warning signs like at all well. Um but even from my reading of the table, like I think Burnley are the only ones that can actively catch them. So I think it's between them. I'd identify that as the as the actual relegation scrap. Um and quite frankly, you'd probably say Burnley have a better run in. Like I'm even looking at their fixtures. The worst fixture they have is the next one, which is Man City. Then it's Everton, Norwich, West Ham, Southampton, Wolves, Watford, Villa, Spurs, Newcastle. They're winnable games. They mm. can win some, a lot of those games. Whereas you look at Everton's one, you're thinking, oh, fuck. <laughs> we actually have to try for these ones. So it, it, I think it all comes down to Burnley. If Sean Dyche can relegate Everton, I think we should all build a statue at Anfield for him, to be honest. <laughs> okay, let's have it. Let's do it, you know? Um, so, yeah. Um, and that's enough about the Premier League. And um, let's talk, let's talk about Europe for a while, Neil. Uh, while we have time, um, we have the quarterfinals made for um, most of the European competitions. So let's have a chat about them, and we'll let you and we'll see how uh, the semi-finals of them are looking as well. So, in terms of that, uh, the first one we'll talk about is Chelsea Real Madrid, uh, the Carlo Ancelotti derby, um, as it were. So uh, Carlo's returning home to Stamford Bridge. Apart from the other times he returned home as the Everton manager and the AC Milan manager. (laughs) (laughs) Apart from all those other times he came back. Yeah, Um, it's kind of like a hub stop where he just shows up to take a massive shit in one of the toilets, not flush, and then leave. That that, that, that does describe his time at Everton quite well, doesn't it? (laughs) Uh, Pretty much, yeah. It was just a a truck stop. That's all it was. Like, You you clean up. Not my problem. Sandwiches here are shit. Uh, <laughs> they worship to be fair. So yeah, no, I mm. think that's quite tasty. Um, 
Real will have, they'll be smarting from El Thrashico. Um, <laughs> is that what El uh, Chiringuito called it? Is it? Oh, everybody else has. So I don't know. They blame it all on Garrett Bale, did they? Yeah, it's a, yeah, they're, they're just blaming it on Bale. Like they've got Bale to kick around now. They're not even Barcelona. Don't even exist. I, I want the long um, go, the long hair. They just like hold his hands up and just go. I cannot believe Eden Hazard still exists. Yeah. Why wasn't he playing? Why he, he's he's now goals? out for he's now out for the rest of the season. Now he the plate Good. that he the plate that he got put in for and he broke his ankle a few years back now has to be taken out. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I'm I'm interested in that. Like Chelsea need to kind of get through the whole sanctions thing and see how it affects them. And Real will you, need you think to. It's written in the stars for them to win the Champions League just because of all the shit going on. Like they could easily reach the final. To be fair, I don't think they will. Now, I. No fairness. I think we're staring down the barrel of another City Liverpool final. To be honest with you, I, I wouldn't say no to that. To be honest. <laughs> um. But yeah, like I just yeah I just. Chelsea, Real Madrid, it's tasty enough match, it will be. Um, the two games before it, the day before it, um, mm. will be Benfica v Liverpool. That's going to be a dust-up. I'm, um, I'm looking forward to that one, because Benfica have been a bit of a surprise package, to be fair. <laughs> lots, of people, lots of people yeah. are looking forward to that one, because Benfica are the team that everybody's going to be fucking gutting uh, come <laughs> the summer. You know? like, I like to think that like, there is going to be like a home, home end, an away end, and a scout end. Yeah, there will be a, like, yeah, everyone, a scout end. Everyone yeah. wearing like, the coloured like, kind of, like, uh, dust coats going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they could be asking for the players uh, for the players to write their agent's number onto the jerseys before throwing it to them. <laughs> it'll be the ticket holder's yeah, number. Exactly, it's yeah. It's Who's, got Who's got number yeah. nine? Who's got number nine? Oh, yeah. Um, and then the same game, at the same time there, there'll be City v Atletico. That'll be an interesting one, though. Um, I think so. Like, I mean, Atletico well, again, are we t- we're a team, you know? Hmm? They're very weird team this year. Uh, yeah, they're they're mad. They're really odd. But I think how they set up against United is pretty much mm. similar to how they're going to set up against City. Because City yeah. are vulnerable to teams that can just nail you on the counter. Yeah, the transition. Yeah. That's what Atletico are. They are the transition team. Mm. Particularly speedy little motherfuckers like Joe Felix. You know, and now obviously yeah. City don't have great lumbering morons like Harry Maguire running out of position to allow huge <laughs> huge spaces <laughs> huge spaces into, for uh, for yeah. Joe Felix to run into but you know that that could be good that's a, that's a real marriage of styles you know mm. you know it's, it's the same it's as they, yang match. Like it's it a, is it is yeah. as they say in boxing styles make fights and um, yeah that's, that's, that's going to yeah. be really good so you've got a team mm. that's vulnerable on counter attacks but pretty much Superb at everything else against a team that's better than everybody at counter attacks. Yeah. So yeah, I could defend like their lives depend on it. So yeah, and then you, the you next you get the feeling that like if Atletico scored an early goal, they could actually try and defend it for the entire one hundred and eighty minutes. Oh, they'd love that. They would they'd love fucking that. Yeah. love that. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I don't know how Simeone can't coaches it into his players to dip, but just fucking love defending. You know, yes, get in here. You mean after the fucking spe- I have to spend the next 180 minutes in my own fucking box? You're the striker. Yeah, I fucking live with this shit. What? 
You're Antoine Griezmann. What happened to you? Yeah, You're exactly, a prick. Yeah. You don't do this. He does under fucking Diego Simeone or Simeone yeah. fucking cuts him a new one. Yeah. Um, and then the, the fourth game is pretty much a foregone conclusion of Villarreal v Bayern. Yeah, so Villarreal are going through the semi-finals. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, Lads, Bayern I'm telling you, it's United Emery's revenge. This will be the one time he wins the Champions League. <laughs> well, all, good evening. Bayern, Bayern, I'm erect. Uh, Bayern aren't having a... Bayern aren't having Bayern a good time. Is the yeah. of the video. <laughs> they aren't having a good time with their own fans now because they're all criticising their quite controversial new Qatari deal. Mm, um, yes. And the board responded to the fans by patronisingly telling them they can take it up in court if they had a problem with it. I was like, okay, that's a good All right. response. That, thanks, bro. Yeah. So <laughs> I think we've lost a lot of their uh, fucking fans to TSV Munchen uh, at this yeah. point. So yeah. that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Champions so, League. That is. And the semi final parts, uh, the way it's set up basically essentially is the winner of the Benfica Benfica Liverpool match, which will, let's just say for argument's sake, was likely to be Liverpool, was likely to face the winner of the Villarreal Munich match, would be probably Bayern. So you're looking at a Liverpool Bayern semi final, coupled by potentially a Chelsea Man City semi final or a like a Madrid Derby semi final potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, could go one of two ways. Um, again, two very spicy semi finals. And I think. No matter which permutation you look at, I think it makes for a very good final too, um, which is now in Paris as opposed to the uh, despotic state of Russia, which mm-hmm. I think is a vast improvement, to be honest. Um, so, uh, I, I, do you know what? I will force you to an answer now, Neil. What do you think the final of the Champions League is going to be? I reckon it could be two English teams. Okay. I'm... Fuck it. Uh, I reckon Liverpool City. I reckon it's going to be Liverpool-Chelsea. I think if Chelsea can navigate through the Real Madrid game, which I think they can, because tactically they are set up quite well, I think it's just a case of don't let Lukaku play. Um, like like the, the Havers false nine thing is working to a certain extent, but they have class everywhere else. Like Their midfield trap is very, very good. You can't really go wrong with Jorginho Kante. Um, yeah, but like... You can't. I'm mean, like Kante, yeah, but like you, you have to trap. You have to mm. try and trap like Cruz and Modric, like and Isco as well. Yeah, yeah, like that. that that's yeah. well, Isco's not been that good for them, but like Cruz and Modric. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I'd love to see the fucking midfield trap that you could get Cruz and Modric in. Like those guys. Mm. Like you've literally got a ball. You've got a, uh, I know Kante's. Has Kante won a Ballon d'Or? Yeah, Kante's won not won a Ballon d'Or. No, he's never been nominated for it. You should, oh, yeah, no, Jorginho's been higher up on that one than he yeah. has, uh, mm. tragically. But yeah, I'm like, <laughs> they've got they've got Modric and Cruz. Like, Modric has won a Ballon d'Or for just playing in that position and doing what he does. And yeah, like, the, he didn't get it by accident, he got it because he was literally the best around, and mm. he still is. Like, yeah, no, totally, yeah. And as you know, he's shown in previous matches, you can never really write Benzema off. No, that's the difference. Benzema is having such a a low-key underrated season, like scoring-wise. But like I was watching that game against PSG. My God, he just fucking they must have insulted his mother or something because he just fucking <laughs> he led it in a hat trick with such anger. So it's just like oh yeah are, you, yeah. are you a Marseille fan or something? Yeah, and exactly. Actually, like, like, start his career off. Hang on. I'll, I'll yeah, he, he, he's three yards out, he absolutely 
buries the ball in. You're like, lad, mate, that was going to go in like under its own force. You didn't even need to do that. <laughs> oh, like this that. explains it. He started in Leon. Yeah. <laughs> that explains it. <laughs> yeah, going on to Leon now, like you got yeah. the Europa League semis coming up there. Mm. Our quarters, apologies, uh, coming yeah. up. West Ham Leon, that'll be a good match. Uh, Braga yes. Rangers. Won't care really. You got Frankfurt versus Frankfurt versus Barcelona. That's just a mad one. Yeah. And uh Leipzig versus the f- oh, fishmen of Atalanta. That is literally the TFO IRL derby. That is a TFO <laughs> football derby. Like you can imagine the three of them just like literally wanking to that match. Yeah, they've they've had to go clean themselves off a number of times. Uh <laughs> like legit, like it's, it, that is like the hipster's favorite match. It's like, yeah. oh, Atlanta they play football. Leipzig also play good football. Yeah, fap, 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 fap. the fap derby. The um, fap derby, yeah. Yeah, no, that, but most of them are tasty matches. I, They're I'll very probably, tasty matches. Actually, I probably yeah. will be watching a few of them. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll be watching Leipzig Atlanta. Not gonna lie, that like yeah. is one of those matches where like. It should play out like a FIFA match in a sense, or Pez even. Fuck a sensible soccer. Let's go retro. Yeah. Um, but right, like like Rangers have been there on merit as well. In fairness, like this is the team that Steven Gerrard kind of built for Van Bronckhorst. They, they have looked through on a lot of the draws, but like no, yeah. I will. I like when you're hitting the quarters, like you kind of have mm. to go in. Well, you know, maybe these guys are actually good. Yeah, but definitely but in drawing Braga over two legs, I think. The, <clears throat> yeah, the and, and in drawing Braga, they've definitely gotten the run to the litter. Yes. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. No, I agree with that. I yeah, agree with that. but like fair play to them. Like you know, yeah. I think it's set up that whoever wins their tie will probably face off the winners of West Ham Leon. I think it's West Ham. I think it's West Ham Leon is paired up with Frankfurt Barcelona. Oh, the semis. So David Moyes, like <laughs> now Neil, Neil, Neil. We could be living in a future after the, the 28th of April. Sorry, 5th of May, apologies. After the 5th of May, we could be living in a reality where David Moyes has beaten Barcelona. Has knocked them out of Europe. Yes. Just just, just let that sink in for a minute. And, viewer, and listeners at home, I just want you to ruminate on that thought that the year could be 2022 and you've just seen and watched perhaps David Moyes knock out FC Barcelona. That's it. That's all. That's my point. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> we, li- we live in the dumbest timeline, potentially. It really is the dumbest timeline, uh, and yeah, obviously that means then Rangers could potentially face the uh, Atlanta Leipzig winners. Could you see? Right? Could Rangers possibly get into the final? Like they could. Can you? Sure get to the, I doubt they'd get to the final. They'll probably might make the semis. You'd say so, wouldn't you? Like you'd have yeah. to say Atl- Atlanta would be a shoe in and out of the four <clears> there. Yeah. For the final, you know, and again, this is a great like. This is one of these kind of great quirky teams. They deserve, for in my opinion, to be remembered for winning something because between the manager, uh, who, whose name temporarily escapes me, and the, the weird quirky players who don't seem to hold the position properly, um, like they, this is a, a really eccentric side, and I think they do deserve some sort of goal to prove how good they are. Because I don't think they've even won an Italian cup, you know, kind of way. Like I'd love to see Atlanta win the Europa League, but like. What 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 more? The Atlanta win the Europa League or having David Moyes prove Man United wrong? Like, oh, oh, there's so many narratives there. I can't I can't tell which one to pick. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah, like we can talk about the 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 conference league, the first ever Europa Conference League, and gone by the popularity, probably the last. Um, 
And again, there are player there. Those are these are teams that you probably heard once on Championship Manager. You got Fire North, Slavia Prague, Boba Glimt, Roma, uh, Leicester, PSV, uh, which to be fair could be a final in of itself, and Marseille uh, Powick. So you're probably looking at a Leicester Leicester Roma final. I think it's gonna play at us, going by the path. Um, so yeah, that could be an interesting one. Jose Mourinho's first uh, first Conference League win. <laughs> it's like he, he actually has technically won all three European competitions then because he won the Europa League with United. God damn. That's a that's a stat and a half, isn't it? Yeah. Yikes. Well, he's down to go back in time and win the Intertoto Cup and he started. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there you go. That's that's something anyway. Uh right there, we are into the uh, last uh, 15 minutes of this podcast, which means it's time for CODs. So <gasps> um I am going to start off with my one, and I think uh, I speak for everyone uh here in the room and here in uh, in podcast land when I say fuck Russia. Um, but uh, keeping it strictly to uh, to football and footballing business, uh, I am nominating the Russian Football Association um, for uh, my COD this week. And the reason I am is because, um, in case you don't know, if you're perhaps you're an international listener or you want to see what's going on in the rest of the world, uh, it's very exciting times over here in Ireland, um, which is a shame because it's been boring for the last couple of years after lockdown. Um, but it seems like in Euro 2028, we will be hosting that tournament, uh, the Euro, Euro 2020 rather, with our good friends, in quotation marks, in England, uh, and our actual friends in uh, Scotland and to a lesser extent Wales. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, that is, the, that is uh, looking like that's going to be the case because we are literally the only people bidding for that tournament. And uh, they have basically tenders out for both that and your 3022 uh 2032 rather not a thousand years in the future it's not fucking future around um and essentially it is uh, a one horse race to host 2028 uh because the other team the other country looking to host the tournament is turkey and they're prioritizing 2032 so that's how it's playing out but much like fucking super smash bros a new challenger appears and it's russia Russia wants to host either 28 or 32. Um, now, I know that uh, things are a bit insular in Russia at the moment, what with the whole Putin propaganda, his shirtless calendars, the fact that he thinks he's saving people from neo-Nazi Jews that are realising the Prime Minister of Ukraine is himself a Jew, but we'll, we'll get that's a different podcast. Mm-hmm. The, the sheer level of like blinkers to think that You've just been kicked out of the work of qualifications because your country is at war with a sovereign nation. Here's what I'll do. I'll apply for the tournament in six years' time because that'll have died down by then. Like, what, what level of reality do you want us to live on with you? Like, well, it's the it, same reason why um, FIFA haven't kicked Russia out of the tournament yet. They've hmm. just postponed their games in the hopes that in the hope that all conflict, the whole conflict will be <laughs> the, the conflict will be done by the time those games come back around. That's the reason why they haven't built it now. Well, I know, like I know they've 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 allowed Poland into the final as a buy against the playoffs, so like they mm. can't they can't qualify for the for the World Cup. But as you said, like they can qualify for the Euros next year, as far as I know, mm-hmm. that hasn't been set in stone yet. I, like I said, I think it's Ukraine they're kind of proverbially waiting on, but. Like, uh, yeah, like much as much as said, like they are kind of like all waiting to see if like Russia comes to their censors, i.e. they won't 
it's not happening. They're still in Ukraine trying to cause a fuss. Um, yeah, I'm being very coy there when I'm saying that, obviously. Um, but like, so like my cod is is partially because of the blinkers and not realizing that yeah maybe UEFA don't want to host give the whole the 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 tournament uh, keys essentially to a country that would willingly invade another one because a small man who knows a bit about judo is paranoid about neo Nazi Jews or also let's let's read between the lines he wants to bring the Soviet Union back so mm-hmm. in reality. You want the Soviet Union, new CEO, so neo Soviet Union to host the Euro 2028. It's not happening. Fuck off. Um, and we're also saying fuck off because it's uh, now our turn to host the Euros. <laughs> <laughs> we have one stadium and we're going to use it a lot. <laughs> Two. We'll use the Aviva as well. Or yeah. Lansdowne Road. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll have the Aviva. Um, we might get Crow Park if the GAA acquiesce. You never know. Nice it's big stadium. Mon- there's, there's money in it. They will. It was, yeah, oh yeah, totally will be. They'll actually just keep insisting on draws. I was like, yeah. oh, it's a draw. Oh, that means you'll be back next week. I, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Is that not how it works in the English game? <laughs> I'll have to load up those uh, apparate match uh, sketches again with the assimilation committee. It's yeah. like, oh no, it's it's not a, it's not a box, Kennedy box anymore. It's a parallelogram. Parallelogram. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm not in Russia this week for my cards um, solely because... They are trying to ruin our Euros. It's literally the only time we're going to qualify for the Euros, lads. Let's make this chance happen. <laughs> what is that? Um, and uh, Neil, uh, what is your card? Purchase? My card is Stephen Gerrard. Stephen Gerrard? Is Stephen this because G- of the Des Kelly interview? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, well, it's, it's the interview where he was basically criticizing Saka. So it was the aftermath of the Villa game um, mm-hmm. in particular where Saka was felled about four times. He was only in the pitch for about 70 minutes. He was felled four times, one of them being an absolute fucking cruncher by Tyrone Mings, which left him, which left Saka with blood coming through his socks. Yeah. Um, and essentially Saka was just saying to the ref, uh, you know, like, I do need a little more protection if, I, if you want me to, like, run at people, like, or play my game, like, you know, you're gonna have to fucking stop this shit. Like uh the same match, by the way, which Xhaka was booked for persistent fouling despite having only committed one foul. It's Xhaka, like I mean he, like, he, like, he, he, he really did. Yeah. Like you look at the foul count at the end, he, he committed one foul and got booked. Whereas if you look at the ref when he's booking him, he, he the ref's like counting out like one, two, three, four times. What the hell? And then books him. I was like what are you talking about? He's only committed one fucking foul and that was it. It's like only Jack could get booked for persistent fouling on his first and only foul in the game. But yeah, um, like that's just the way it goes, mate. So anyway, it was just crazy. And um, so, yeah. And then Gerard came out with this fucking bizarre interview after the game. He's like, um, yeah, so Saka said afterwards, basically, I wasn't complaining to the ref, but I wanted to let them know that it's my game running at players quickly. And sometimes I need a bit more protection when players are purposely trying to kick me. Gerard wasn't impressed with this. It's part of the game. The last time I checked, it's not a no-contact sport. I think tackles are allowed, physicality is allowed. Now, that's nothing to do with what Saka said. Mm-hmm. He's deliberately misrepresenting the point there. 
he's a good player, an outstanding talent, and I love him. But I can't, you can't complain about that side. That's football. Again, not what Saka was saying. Mm. <laughs> and it, this is the here, here is where really Gerard kind of goes full fucking Twin Peaks. <clears throat> I'm sitting here now with screws in my hips. I've had 16 operations. I'm struggling <laughs> to go to I'm struggling to go to the gym at the moment. It's all on the back of earning a living in the English football. He'll learn and he'll learn quick. You're going like, you know, when somebody tries to like refute a point but winds up inadvertently absolutely cast iron proving it. Yeah. I was like, that's it, right fucking there. Does he not actually realize that? Like Gerard, <laughs> Gerard is only 41. And yeah. He's proud of the fact that he's such banged up shape he can't go to the gym. Mm. <laughs> like, you're not meant to sit there with screws in your fucking hips. That's why they're not there to begin with. <laughs> you know, 16 operations. 16 operations. He, he was only playing for 18 years, so he was averaging nearly an operation a fucking year. Like, that's Which is true, good. actually, because he used to use, wait, lose a lot of time uh, from injuries every season. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Like, is it good? Like, none of this is good, but to hear him say it, it's like, oh, yeah, this is the badge of honour, and you're going, no, this is the kind of thing we need to get away from, you know? Yeah, it's not yeah. good that a 41-year-old man looks at a cross trainer and say, well, that might as well be on the fucking top of Mount Everest for all of the use it is to me. Mm. You know? Like, yeah. but if before your mid forties, like you can't get on a stairmaster, like fuck that. Like rugby's going through a huge spate of like players who are retiring in their mid twenties because they're yeah. fucked, and the sport's just struggling with it. And here you have Gerard, pretty much going, oh no, that's actually how it should be because yay. And you're going like you fucking idiot. You're not actually listening to what your body's telling you. <laughs> your body's mm. telling you, I am fucked. This is not happening. And it's just it's, it's a very cross sport mindset, is what I would say. It's a case of it really fucking it, is like you know, it's yeah. like uh, back in my day, we used to have real men putting yeah. in tackles and snapping legs. It's like, yeah, well, that's the problem because all of you can't fucking remember it. You've got yeah. dementia now. Like it's uh, it's not the way it works, like it's terrible, like you know, so it it's a real I had to deal with this, so you should too, rather than Look what I've had to deal with. Let's yeah. change things so you don't. Actually, that's a, that's a very good way of saying it. The fact that, like, it's always been this way, deal with it, as opposed to actively enacting some level of change. Like, I've, I don't know what's about you. But it's, I know it's kind of tangential, this conversation, but the, there's a bit of cynicism about the construct, the concussion subs, I've noticed, where, like, you know, so, like, some pundits will kind of say this is to say, like, you know, they'll they try and reinforce their, their point, even though you can very clearly, beneath the skin, they don't believe in it. Oh, yeah, they absolutely don't, yeah. It's a case like, you know, and the concussion sub, which I think is a good idea, by the way, is like, uh, where I think it's very necessary, by the way, I think it's very important. It's like, oh, right, and so how come it took you this long to fight for it? Yeah. It actually took for, like, I think what was the, tip, the tipping off point was probably Jan Vertonghen. When, yeah. when he came off in the quarterfinals, semifinals, like he took a bunk to the head, came off then a couple of minutes later with his ear bleeding. You know, like that, like this has been... Like people have been playing concuss for a long time. Like, I mean, actually, the year before was Lars Carius for fuck's sake. Like, yeah. clearly concuss by Sergio Ramos, the fucking, fucking <laughs> prick. Um, and like, nothing was done about it. No one was noticed. No protocol in place at all. Um, and there, there wasn't a fucking eyelid back because Carius basically didn't mention it. He didn't say he was concussed or he was, he was swipe, side swiped in the, in the head, you know. So, I find that kind of narrative a thing, but I see your point in the sense where, like, just because they used to be crunching tackles years ago doesn't mean they should be now. Because if, as you said, the fact that like Sterard's chip is more or less more metal than bone proves the point why we shouldn't, and like maybe 
perfect the art of tackling instead, you know? Um, actually, do you know what? To actually further your point, I know I'm actually arguing for your club more than mine at this stage, but <laughs> um, the thought occurred to me that like Liverpool like do not need to do any tackles like that because their tackling is more about anticipation. It's cutting passing lanes, it's interceptions. It's very rarely you'll see them ever slide in with a tackle, and it's only because they've maybe lost a yard in the ball and they need to, to make up the distance. You very rarely see them actually like sliding out of, or proverbially out of control. And like I said, when you do it, it's very, very unusual, you know? Um, and again, as, as, as a Liverpool, ex-Liverpool player, you think that Gerard maybe not learning a little bit about how Klopp coaches his sides and how they defend as a team. And again, let me just take the table there. I'm fairly sure Liverpool are one of the best defenders in the league. So mm. they know how to do it. They do, it. they do it a good way. Maybe learn from them and stop like telling your players to like hoof the ball every single time. Like, Jared is better than this. Like he is. He's a better manager than this. I think it's yeah, just he, an old he is, Yeah. Yeah. You know. But oh, um, yeah. So there you go. Two adequately explained uh cods there, I think, uh, from both of us here. Um, and uh, because we don't have a deciding vote in this one, we are going to uh, let you at home decide who you think is the biggest <laughs> yes. cod. Who is worse, Russia or Steven Gerrard? Let us know in the comments down below. <laughs> I imagine that could be a very tough choice if you're a Man United fan, but uh, <laughs> indulge us on this one and let us know what you think. And mm-hmm. um, but yeah, um, that is this podcast done. Uh, essentially, Neil. Um, unless you have any other remarks or comments or thoughts, we have no. to throw in before we show. That is it. We just like to say thanks for anybody to for listening. Yes, really absolutely. Good. Have you got? Have you? Have you got any plans for the interlude? What have you? What will you be doing under the uh, with with any football? Um, I will be doing. Fuck all. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot your dad. Yeah, shit. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I keep forgetting that. Um, I don't know. I think I might uh, start binge watching El uh, Chingarito because uh, I just I just noticed that um, they devoted a whole five minutes of their broadcast to realizing that the double world champion Fernando Alonso blocked them on Twitter, and then we're so petty to say that they're actually Carlos Sainz fans instead. I actually admire that level of <laughs> I really, really do. It's um, it's a concerted effort. That's why I love them. I just I, you, can, you can't you can't even get angry at that level of pettiness. It's just I just, it's just I just wonderful. can't understand it. I know it's a culture thing. I know it's a it's a it's a trademark of Spanish TV. But I don't understand. I I can't comprehend the combination of like middle aged to old football journals and in the not even journals. They're just in the nose. They're just people. Their personalities all collectively whining about their favorite teams being shit. Like how can, how can anyone else not have picked up on this beforehand? It's incredible. It's a genius move. Anyway, we can be talking about our favorite stuff for year for weeks at this point. So let's just wrap up, shall we? Um, so guys, thank you very much for listening to this uh, episode of the liquid football podcast. If you've enjoyed the show and you want to hear more of the same, please follow us on Spotify uh, where you can listen to this and our Jelly Phil Donut podcast on hiatus, but hopefully back soon, all going well, and other projects soon to come. Keep an eye on our socials to find out more about that at Monday Madness LP, and uh, you'll know exactly what we are doing uh, from top to bottom. You might even enjoy some of the reviews that game that Neil makes on some of his games. Have you got some in the pop- pipeline, Neil, perhaps? For the yeah, I've got the, the latest one coming out now is on Triangle Strategy, and I've got a few others on the way. Excellent. Well, there you go. That's something to look forward to, folks, in case you want something new in your in your game library. 
Uh, and obviously, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. We are on the road to 4,000 subscriptions, and I'm fairly sure at least 1% of them are real people. So thanks very much for your service. And <laughs> um, yes, it's funny how uh, how a one video invaded by sex bots, quite literally invaded by sex bots, can do for your channel, lads. Um, so thank you for your, for your service, um, uh, Rodriguez apparently is one of them there's a lot of them to be honest um, so lads again thank you very much for this, for for listening along and uh, we'll see you on the next episode after the interval when more football has happened because all of that was liquid football woo